Welcome to the After Chat. I'm Michael. I'm Ellis. And today we are going to be talking about Cain and Abel. Are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. Welcome to the After Chat. Real questions. Real talk. Real life. So, let's just jump right in. Yeah. First concert you ever attended? Oh, man. Probably one I don't remember. It was probably some jazz concert, because my parents love jazz, mm -hmm. and they started taking us to concerts, like, as soon as we were old enough. So, I have no idea what it was. Okay. Well, your best concert, your favorite concert, what was it? Uh, um... I'm going to pick two. I'm going to pick two. I'm going to cheat. Okay. Um, so my wife and I saw For King and Country last year, and this year we saw Kane, uh, and we were like front row at that one. That one okay. Both of those were really awesome. Nice. They were really cool. How about you? So mine, I mean, I've only been to one, mm -hmm. so this is going to count for both my <laughs> my first and best because nice. I don't have anything to compare it to, but it was Metallica. Okay. Um, I was in uh, high school at the time, and this was in St. Louis. And it was a super, super awesome uh, uh, concert. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of bands, whenever you see them or hear them live, like like the, whenever they release a live album, mm -hmm. you're just like, doesn't really sound as good. You know, Metallica was awesome live. Like, they sound, and some of their songs I thought even sounded better right. live. So, I'm going to say that because it's my only one. Very cool. Yeah. So, what's the worst job you've ever had? Oh, assembly line work at a vacuum cleaning factory. Mm. So just sitting there, it was a factory that you it made vacuum sweepers. That was all it did. And I sat in this one spot, in this one chair, and I had this little drill thing that was connected to this thing in the ceiling. And the vacuum sweeper would come through. I'd go with one screw, and then it would go right on down the line. Eight hours, bro. I mean, and that was a good paying job. Like, I mean, it was a good job, but it was a an incredibly boring job. It sounds like elite levels of monotony. I mean, doing the same thing. Everybody in there had a wrist thing with carpal tunnel because every like that's what <laughs> yeah. you know, like that. Everybody did just one thing, right? Um, but yeah, so most deaf. Yeah, vacuum cleaning uh, factory assembly line worker. Uh I also have multiple candidates for this answer. I think I'm going to go with uh, refereeing youth soccer. Okay. Uh, it it sounds not that bad on the surface, but it was pretty bad. No, officiating I mean, youth sports is no joke. Yes, I mean, I, and the thing is, like, it's not the players. Obviously, it's mm -hmm. the it's not really the coaches most of the time. It's the parents because <laughs> they yes. think they know more than you. So look, public service announcement. <laughs> Be kind and gracious to your youth sports referee, okay? Because they're underpaid and they don't need all that grief. All right. Anyways, no, I'll back. I'll I'll go to bat on that. I, I coached youth sports for mm -hmm. a long, long time, yeah. and so I would I had great sympathy for for the other coaches out there and the officials that are doing it. <laughs> and parents can get very invested in 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 that. That's. That's a good way to put and it. There's a we'll reason, go with that. And there's a reason why there's a nationwide shortage of youth sports officials. That would be why. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, what hobby 
are you really into as an adult that your younger self would just cringe at? It's probably just the number of musicals I consume on a regular basis. High school um, musical? All the musicals. All the musicals. Uh <laughs> Look, it's not really my hobby. It's my wife's, but by proxy, it's my hobby. You know, like it's one of those things makes her happy, so I'll suck it up and do it. No, it sounds I like mean, you genuinely enjoy it. Now. I mean, look, <laughs> some of them are exactly. You can what pawn I, that off on her just a little bit. Some of them are exactly what I expected, which is not great. But some of them are really good. Okay. Like Hamilton lives up to the hype. Phenomenal. I'm like you gotta saying. watch it. You gotta I'm, watch it. Everybody says that. I think I'm just doing it just out of because the. The crowd peer pressure is just getting so great, and so I'm machine. just I'm just digging in and okay. just saying no. But I should check it out. There is one musical that I have seen that I thought was super cool: Little Shop of Horrors. Rick Moranis, Steve Martin. Have you seen that one? I have not. That one's cool. Okay, it's about uh, a there was a total eclipse of the sun, mm-hmm. and then Rick Moranis goes out there during it, and then he turns around, and then boom, there's this weird little plant. He works in a in a florist shop. And then it's a little alien plant from space, and then it goes on a rampage. But they sing throughout it. Oh, okay. So, um, all right. Definitely check that out. Yeah. So that that's that's my one good one for you. I'm gonna go home and say, "Hey, babe, I have a musical for us to watch tonight." And there you go. Points. Put them in the bank. There you go. <laughs> uh, for me, probably it would be um, how excited I, I like to garden. Uh-huh. Like I don't have one this year, but. I do like to garden and probably how excited I get whenever like I have like a good harvest of like beans and zucchini and tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I think my younger self would probably be like, you're really, truly old. That's what your grandma <laughs> and grandpa used to do. Like they would come home or they would come in out of their garden and then they, they would like gather everybody around. Look what we grew. Yep. And I thought it was so weird. I get it now. <laughs> like I, I've, I have been known to do the exact same thing and even post them post pictures of it on social media. Yeah. Like for everybody to Very see. Cool. So yeah. that would be mine. That's awesome. What's your favorite childhood memory? Snapping beans in the kitchen with grandma. Mm-hmm. Like we would usually uh, either be watching wrestling, like she would get really into that and I got really into it by default and then started to enjoy it. Um, or Cardinal St. Louis Cardinal baseball or one of her, stories um like general hospital (laughs) days of our (laughs) life but whatever it was it was just cool to be hanging out in the kitchen doing stuff like with grammy right most cherished memories um yours yeah we went to uh we went to universal studios orlando for a week uh like 2010 ish and it was just an awesome week it's an awesome theme park if you haven't been but Mm -hmm. just I think of so many moments in that week of just hijinks and family bonding and like it had yeah. it all. It had it all. It was awesome. So that's cool, man. Yeah. Um, worst fight you ever had with your sibling? We're gonna be talking <laughs> oh, about Cain okay. and Abel. <laughs> all right. So my brother and I shared a bathroom growing up. Uh, we had our own rooms, but then had the bathroom kind of in the corner. Mm-hmm. And one night, my parents went to a concert or something. There you go. There concert. You go. Probably a jazz concert. And um, they left us at home. Uh, you know, we were like 14 and 10 or something like that. And we, we got into a little fight, a little fight in the bathroom. And I don't know why I was in the bathroom. I don't. Anyways, um, my As brother. siblings are wont to do. Like, yeah. We fight in the bathroom. Right. I'm, we'll fight anywhere. <laughs> like, you know, wherever it's going to go down, it's going to go down. Um, my bro- There was like a low in the fight. And my brother was like, if you don't stop fighting me, I'm going to rip this towel bar off the wall and beat you up with it. And I was like, go for it, bro. Do it. Totally called his bluff. 
And he did it. Ripped it off the wall. And, it, <laughs> the, like, time froze. We were both like, what just happened? And we spent the next hour and a half trying to put this towel bar back on the wall before Mom and Dad got home before they noticed. And we did. Not a chip of paint, nothing. And that towel bar is still there to this day. Still there. A little really? rickety. A little more rickety than it was before, <laughs> but it still works. Very nice. How about you? I mean, I don't remember one specific one, but I do know that we fought, my brother and I fought big time over the Nintendo games. Oh. Like, that. those would, we would throw down <laughs> hardcore over Tech Mobile was a big one um, for us, whoever, you know, I don't know if... If you've played Tecmo Bowl on the original Nintendo, whoever got Oakland was going to win. Like, mm-hmm. it had Bo Jackson. He was ten times as fast as anybody else <laughs> in the game. You could just run up and down the field as many times as you want, and no, you're never going to catch him. Right. And so, it would just ruin the game. Mm-hmm. And we would, so it would be a fight over who got to play as Oakland in the game, and then whoever was being the biggest jerk with Bo Jackson in the game, that would always lead to a fight. <laughs> So, <laughs> it, it, we had those on a regular basis. So, right. it had, any one of those, you know. Pick one. Pick one. There you go. That was going to be the worst <laughs> fight that we had. That's awesome. But how did you and your sibling make up? Um, Sounded like it was just a combined fear of yes. your parents. Yeah. Like, brought you together. Yes. Yes. <laughs> the, the prospect of the shared trauma that we would have endured brought us together and ended the fight instantly. We never really had one, like a smooth ending to it. We would both just throw our controllers down and then just go to our separate corners. There you go. And then we would, you know, get tired of not hanging out, and then we would get back together. But that's kind of how all of those went. <laughs> all right, so Cain and Abel. Yes. All right, let's dig in. So okay. let's just start out with the story. Yep. I'll just go ahead and read it. Okay. Eve became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. Oh, and this is in Genesis chapter 4. Yep. Eve became pregnant and gave birth to Cain. She said, with the help of the Lord, I've brought forth a man. And later she gave birth to his brother Abel. Now Abel kept flocks and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from the sum of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was very angry and his face was downcast. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. Now Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And while they were in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is your brother Abel? I don't know, he replied. Am I my brother's keeper? The Lord said, What have you done? Listen, your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Now you are under a curse and driven from the ground, which opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. When you work the ground, it will no longer yield its crops for you. You will be a restless wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is more than I can bear. Today you are driving me from the land, and I will be hidden from your presence. I will be a restless wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. But the Lord said to him, Not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. So Cain went out from the Lord's presence and lived in the land of Nod, east of Eden. And that's the entire story of Cain and Abel. It's a... Super quick read, but there is a ton 
going on in it. It's also the resolution to a fight with your sibling. Let's go out to the field and no, I'm just kidding. That, Come yeah, back next I, week for the after. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Anyways, all right, go ahead. So it, I mean, that's that is one resolution to a fight. <laughs> um, but there's always a, there's always some questions that typically come up whenever yep. we start digging into um, uh, this. And the first one is typically, why was his offering not acceptable? Mm-hmm. And and we get that in in verse four. And Abel also, uh, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruit the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord. And Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. So Cain was angry and his face was downcast. I mean, right there. I mean, there's not really much of an explanation. Nope. I think we get a clue to something that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you. You must rule over it. So, I mean, I think implicit there, it's they knew what to do. Mm-hmm. Like Cain knew what to do. And mm-hmm. he just didn't. What I mean, and whatever it was, we don't really know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's hints at it later that we'll look at. Um, but it sounds like Cain knew what to do and just didn't do it. Yeah, it's very much the tone of like a, a parent who is yeah. like, you know you, better. You know better. There yeah. you go. Yeah, <laughs> you like, knew what you were supposed to bring, and, and you, you didn't, and you just didn't do yep. it. And in Hebrews 11, I liked one of the things I like to do whenever we are dealing with biblical characters. I like to see if they're referenced anywhere else. Mm-hmm. And in Hebrews 11, we read, By faith Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith Abel still speaks, even though he is dead. So it sounds like whatever Cain did, his intentions weren't right where they were supposed to be, I think. Right. Yeah. We, I mean, like you said, we don't have a lot of explanation. But we do have some, some clues. And, I mean, directly following hearing that Cain's offering was not favorable, we hear God saying, if you do what is right, yeah. then we're good. I mean, you know, we, so, it's not a, it's not a huge leap. No, yeah. I think, I think, I mean, I think you can logically make that assumption. Yeah. But what was, what sin was crouching at Cain's door? I would that's have a, to, that's the next question that yeah. usually comes up. No, I would have to say envy. I think Abel's, Abel's offering was more favorable than Cain's and, uh, uh, Abel had something that Cain wanted that yeah. he didn't, which is favor with God. And I think anytime we see somebody, especially if we know that we didn't do it, we do, usually don't want to admit that we didn't do what we, what we should have done. Mm-hmm. And Cain doesn't do that here. But we look at other people that do, that seem to have God's favor. And we're like, well, why do they get that? Like, right. why don't we have that? Mm-hmm. Like, and jealousy and anger. And I, I get that too. Like, I think... I think that's what it was. And the end result of that jealousy and anger led to the first human, the first born human becoming the first murderer right right there. And uh, in 1 John 3, 11 and 13, for this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. And why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. I mean, that kind of, his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Like he didn't do what he was supposed to do. He saw that his brother did, mm-hmm. uh, did what Abel did what he was supposed to do. And then that led to jealousy and anger. I mean, it's 
very much a Yoda like expression. True. Yeah. You know, fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. Yeah. Isn't that right? Yep. I think that's, that's right. right. Yeah. You got it. There we go. Nice. So I mean, and we kind of see all of that just kind of come in right here. Yeah. And I think you know, often the Bible can be seen as like this kind of like a history book or something that's not really relatable or applicable to our day-to-day lives. But like, what's more of a human reaction than this? Like you have these feelings of jealousy and envy and you, like we're going to talk about in a minute, you don't, you don't get them out. You don't process through them and they lead you to do things that you later regret. Yeah. And I think it, I think one of the things here is, and God even asked him, like, why are you so angry? Why is your face downcast? Mm-hmm. God gave him an opportunity to admit his feelings and then go back and do the right thing. Right. And he just didn't. And we see that a lot of times. I mean, a lot of, I mean, we talked about it in the suffering one. Some of our, some of our suffering and our problems is a result of our own actions and our own our own things and here we see that 100 percent. like Cain's Cain's eventual suffering was his was a direct result of him not owning what he was feeling and going to God with it Mm -hmm. I think anyway you know I agree I I think so often when we take actions that are not in line with who we're trying to be that uh we later regret that aren't in line with what God would have us to do Mm -hmm. it's because of something that is in here that we haven't dealt with yeah. yeah. And I think that was the case for, for King too. All right. Well, here's a question. Like, yeah. how do you react when you don't get something right? <laughs> like, especially if it's something that you know that you're supposed to do. Like, yeah. for me, I'll go first. Since okay. I, okay. It, but, like, so for me, I was always, I'm, all my days whenever I'm not my best. And something that, that God showed me a long time ago is I'm prone to justifying my own bad behavior by pointing out someone else's. Mm, okay. You know, yeah. like, well, I did this wrong, but that person does 10,000 things wrong. So really, I'm not that bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I hear you. Uh, my, I think my reaction is typically I I kind of wallow in it when I get, when I don't get something right or I mess up and I let it hang around my neck. Instead of learning from it and moving forward, there's like a period of time where I have to just sit with it, which is probably a little too long if I'm being really yeah. honest with myself. Well, I mean, and there's there's always room for to stop and see and think about, okay, these are the things I didn't I didn't get right here. Mm-hmm. So what can I do to get better? And yeah. then there's then there somewhere in there there's a line that just goes into self loathing and and self pity <laughs> right. and just outright despair. Yes. And I probably will walk a step or two over that line. I'm, yeah. I've been known to do that too. Mm-hmm. So, but my first, my first one is, "Hey, you didn't get this right." Well, they didn't get that right. <laughs> <laughs> like, just classic blame shifting. <laughs> um, but I think, I think what I think, but what we can learn from from this, especially about the character of God and and just who He is, He gave Cain an opportunity, mm-hmm. like to think about it and say, you know, if you just do, if you know what to do. Like, because this doesn't read as like the first time they've come and brought an offering to God. Mm-hmm. It reads as like it's been happening for for some time. And this one, you know, maybe the maybe they just were getting a little bit less and less whatever along the way. But God sat. God basically just said, "Hey, like you know what to do. Mm-hmm. Like if you do what's right, you know you got this. Right. And I'll be there. So and then and then the last one would be from four fifteen. Another question that top uh, typically comes up. 
Uh, whenever Cain said, my punishment's more than I can bear. If somebody um, sees me, they'll kill me. And the Lord said to him in verse 15, not so. Anyone who kills Cain will suffer vengeance seven times over. Then the Lord put a mark on Cain so that no one who found him would kill him. Like another one. Like, what is the mark? Yeah. I mean, I used to think it was like some sort of like shame thing. Uh-huh. But I'm like, after reading this and thinking about it a little bit, like, I've, I don't know. Like, I think it seems like a little like a mark of protection almost now as opposed to like a shame thing mm-hmm. that he would just carry forever. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I've, I'm just, I've been kind of wrestling with that since we started, uh, since we decided we was going to do this episode. Yeah. Well, yeah, I just, I don't know definitively either, yeah. but I, <laughs> I, uh, I think I almost think of it like in a way, if somebody just came along and killed Cain, he would be, it would be, it would be the easy way out. Yeah. Um, I think God wanted him to learn his lesson and kind of walk with it through his life. And that, and I, for me, that's kind of what I think about the mark as, mm-hmm. uh, kind of like a measure of protection, but in a different, in a yeah. different way. And I, and I mean, his life did change. I mean, the earth wasn't going to provide for him anymore. So mm-hmm. he wasn't going to be farming. Right. Like he was going to have to come up with a different life. But the fact that he had a mark that would, and God gave it to him, like in his, whenever he was crying out, like, God, I can't, I can't handle this. Whoever's going to seize me is going to kill me. And God's like, not so. Mm-hmm. And then provided a way for him to go out and make a new life. Right. So I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of thinking of it different. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an interesting question. Yeah. Not that, one, we don't have the definitive answer to, but no. one we can look at and, and think about. Yeah. So. All right. So repercussions for Cain. We. Uh, have Cain's descendants. Uh, if All we right. go a little further in the story, we hear about Cain's descendants uh, in Genesis 4. Uh, this is 17, verses 17 through 24. Um, Cain spent time with his wife, and she conceived and gave birth to Enoch. Then Cain became the builder of a city, and he named the city Enoch after his son. Erad was born to Enoch. Erad fathered Mahuhael. Mahuhael fathered Methushel, and Methushel fathered Lamech. Lamech took two wives for himself, one named Ada and the other Zillah. Ada bore Jabal. He was the first of the Nordic herdsmen. His brother was named Jubal. He was the first of all who played the lyre and the flute. Zillah bore Tubal-Cain, who made all kinds of bronze and iron tools. Tubal-Cain's sister was Nema. Lamech, Lamech said to his wives, Ada and Zillah, Hear my voice, wives of Lamech. Pay attention to my words, for I killed a man for wounding me, a young man for striking me. If Cain is to be avenged seven times over, then for Lamech it will be 77 times. First of all, I think with uh, some of these descendants, we see the very first humans Mm -hmm. to do some of these things that, you know, we still have as part of our culture today. You know, Cain, most most people in that in that time took up whatever the trade of their father was. Mm -hmm. And he Cain started out as a farmer and became we don't really necessarily know what but we see here uh musicians tool builders like mechanics or may or i don't know what i don't whatever the ancient uh thing for a mechanic would have been but they were making tools right um so whatever those tools might have been you know musicians tool makers uh and and things like that i think i mean that's some of the first signs of like culture that usually take up in a place right Still something that is part of our culture today that began right here is this, the beginning of murder in our society. I just think it's so 
the firstborn human because Cain. That's how it reads. Is like he was the firstborn, and boom, he became a he was a murderer. Mm-hmm. And and from some of the basest emotions, like just jealousy, anger, and envy. Mm-hmm. You know, right there from the get go. So, what do you think a world where this doesn't happen looks like? Like a what if? Yeah, like a Marvel what if. Like what if Kane was the good guy, uh, or like the kind of like that? What or, if they were bros and Kane didn't kill Abel? Then I think, I think we would just be living. I don't think. I mean, the Earth still would have been cursed from the fall, mm-hmm. but I think maybe it would have happened eventually. Somebody, somebody would have done something sideways. I think it would have just taken a little bit longer. Yeah. But I think the same thing would have happened just because that's just the way humans are. What if instead of killing him, he punched him in the face? Would war still exist? And would it just be punching? I think so. Instead of killing and guns and I think all those so. things. Like, I think it would have been exactly the same. I mean, anybody, Jesus says, like anybody that looks with anger in their heart is already murdered or something to that effect. So mm-hmm. I think it would have been, it would have been the same. Hmm. Okay. You? I tend to agree. I mean, Jesus says the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And I think by extension, we, our actions are a result of what our heart is full of. Kind of like what we were talking about before. And so if we're capable of thinking those those kind of thoughts, Mm -hmm. then it's kind of a downhill slope to somebody's going to get there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I think, I just think that it, it was so striking that God did provide him a way. Like mm-hmm. Cain still did have a life. He still had he still had a city. He still had a family. Like he still had all of those things. Right. It just wasn't the same. Like he suffered consequences from it. He was driven away from, you know, his, his parents and the rest of his siblings. But God provided a way for him, even though he did something bad. Right. Right. So we've got a clip from. Pastor Angie Frame, and this is a, we dug deep in the vaults for this one, Um, but check this out. Yeah. But I want to be clear. I want to point out something here. Cain and Abel both offered sacrifices to God. It's not like Cain was completely ambivalent toward God. He wasn't. He was not agnostic. Cain had some sort of relationship with God, enough that he was bringing him an offering, the fruits of his hard work. But When God didn't look on Cain's offering favorably, Cain became very angry. God called him on it. Then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. If you do what is right, then will you not be accepted? If you don't do what is right, sin is hanging around just waiting for you to falter. Abel did what was right with his life, with his offering, so God accepted him and his sacrifice. Cain didn't do what was right with his offering, which made him very susceptible to sin. Unfortunately, he didn't rule over it, but succumbed to it killing his brother, Abel. Abel's righteousness finds favor with God. Cain's lack of righteousness is a slippery slope that leads to more sin with graver consequences. Doing the right thing will sound simple. 
And this story shows us that it determines our legacy. Abel's doing the right thing lands him in the Bible's hall of faith. Cain's not doing the right thing snowballed into doing one of the worst things possible, killing another human, killing his brother. And that changed the course of his entire life. Cain ended up with a hard life, and it all started by not bringing a better offering, by not doing the right thing. God instructs, if you do what is right, will you not be accepted I think she made a point that often go that often gets overlooked and just kind of blown right past is that Cain was trying. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he may have been half-heartedly trying, mm-hmm. uh, and he might have done mediocre work. But I mean, he he brought something. He wasn't he wasn't dismissive of God. Right. I mean, he he brought something to him. Yeah, and I think you know, similar to what Angie was saying in the clip, there Cain goes down as this as this horrible, like, worst of the worst human beings, but he started out as somebody who was trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And because it, it for whatever reason, because we don't get a lot of context, because it didn't measure up, uh, it was kind of an avalanche effect from there. But it, it didn't start there. Yeah. It started here, and it ended up there. And I think that makes, I think that makes the, the story all the more human and relatable. Because yes. there's been, we've all had times where we, where we don't get it right, mm-hmm. but it it it's it's more about how you handle it whenever that happens. Right. Do you do you shift blame? Do you? I mean, I mean, yeah, I did bad, but so did they. They did mm-hmm. bad too. Or do you wallow in it? Mm-hmm. Or that's me. Yeah. Or or <laughs> do you admit, you know, God? Or do you just confess it and repent, and then go back and try to do better? Mm-hmm. And we just happen. I mean, he just happens to be the first one that that got all of it spectacularly mm-hmm. wrong but it's something that we can all look at and say I've de- I've been there I've done that too it's just a matter of scale yeah yeah and I think we you know we have to kind of combine all of these uh, and do what we can to make it to make the best out of a situation where something's been messed up yeah whether it's if it's a, something with a group of people then you know, making amends with that group of people with, with love and candor saying, Hey, I feel like this wasn't you at your best. Or if it's something where you messed up saying like making amends for it, but like sitting in it, sitting with it, learning from it. But then what am I going to do to move forward and learn from this instead of wallowing in it? So, and like we've mentioned before in other episodes, a lot of it is just about owning your feelings Yes, and, and God, I think the fact that God gave him that opportunity to do it, Mm -hmm. Um, and he just didn't take it. Like this is just a, an example of of what can happen, you know, in the extreme. But I mean, you can do a whole lot of damage between just not owning your feelings and and doing a couple things, a smaller things bad, or just outright murder, like we saw here. Yeah, there's there's an incredible freedom that I think we, as a kind of society, uh, undervalue in simply acknowledging out loud how it is you're feeling. I think so often we try to like just stuff everything down and move forward. And, you know, like I said before, I think there is a point where you need to move forward, but after you've done the work to unpack it and see what you can learn from it. And I just, why, why are you angry? Why are you downcast? Well, Mm -hmm. because God, I'm feeling X, Y, and Z. Right. 
And we don't know what would have happened. I mean, that's the road not taken. Mm -hmm. You know, the road that Kane took was he stewed on it, plotted, schemed, <laughs> and then followed through on, on the first recorded murder. Yeah. But here, let's check out this next clip from yeah. Pastor Angie Frame. But God also warns, if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. Do what is right. Sounds easy enough. Except we live in a culture that makes it very easy not to do what is right. We cut ourselves slack. We cut others slack. It's okay. It doesn't matter. But it's not okay. And it does matter. We justify attitudes and actions. We think we deserve much more than we actually deserve. We indulge in all areas of our lives. We've got really good at not listening to that voice in our head that says it's not right. It's time to stop. We exchange doing what's right with what's efficient and cost-effective and easy. It's more about what we can get away with doing or not doing than it is about doing what's right. Do the right thing. Yeah. And that's what it boils down to. And I think implicit in there is that Cain knew what the right thing to do was, and he just didn't do it. Mm -hmm. And I think kind of continuing with this theme of, like, how much of a human story this is, Cain, like Angie mentioned there, we try to do things efficiently and try to get them done, you know, as best we can uh, with the time we have or, you know, whatever it may be, and... I mean, you know, Cain had things to do. Like, yeah. he, was a, he was a busy guy, and maybe he just didn't prioritize his offering to God like he should have. And so he was like, I got to get this done. Here's what I can do. And yep. that's how this whole thing started. And you know? he, just, he just threw it together mm -hmm. half-heartedly and, and had mediocre results. That's an office line, by the way. Where Jim <laughs> Halpert, he, go, he mentioned how he likes – how he believes the key to success is doing half-hearted work mediocrely. Um, <laughs> and so – but I really think that's what we saw here. He he brought something. He knew the right thing to do. Like, we all typically kind of have an idea of what the right thing to do is. And whenever we get called out on it, it's how do we respond. Yeah. This is a, just a negative example of what not to do. But in the person of Jesus, like, we have an examples of, of how to do this life right. Right. And so I think just that contrasted, like, approach to things. I think, you know, here we have an example of what not to do. And then... Jesus shows us how to handle things and go to God with our feelings. Mm -hmm. um, I just, I've never really made that connection before, but like I said, d one of the fun things about doing this podcast and going into these is you might come out with a little bit of different point of view and perspective on it than you did going in. Right. Yeah, that's for sure. So uh, what else did you get from that clip? I think we, we kind of know, we have a sense when we haven't done what is right or when we haven't done something up to the standard that yes. we we are called to. We just have to lean into that and and be attuned to that and listen to that because that's that feeling, that sense is what's going to lead us down the right path and to do the right things. All right. This was a good one. It was good. All right. So any final thought, uh, epiphany that you had? Cain was not an inherently bad guy from what I can tell. He, he, a couple of things went badly. Um, some of them of his own, you know, of his own accord, mm -hmm. and um, he he failed to deal with them in the way that he should have, and things kind of rippled from there. Yeah, 
Uh, for me, it would probably just be that God gave him an opportunity. God gave him an out. Mm-hmm. And he offered him a second chance. Mm-hmm. And whenever, I mean, we saw that whenever we looked at the Jonah, mm-hmm. you know, he, he gave Jonah a second chance to get it right then. But God is a God who his character makes, he, he comes to us and gives us another opportunity to make things right. Yeah. It might not, I mean, we'll still have consequences for what we did wrong, but he gives us an opportunity to make it right. And he gave God, or he gave Cain that here. And I don't think I ever really picked up on that before. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was something that, that came that came out for me. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we want to know what you guys think in the comments. We hope you enjoyed this discussion on Cain and Abel. We got 1.0 mugs here, but the 2.0 mugs is what we'll send yeah. if you, because uh, these these we made ourselves in house. You'll get a better one. Than <laughs> You'll this. get a better one than this <laughs> if you leave us a review, um, and if we read it on on the air here. Yeah. So, all right, guys. Thanks. Thanks for joining us for the after chat. If you enjoyed this episode, share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To be the first to hear our next episode, be sure to hit the subscribe button and get notifications for new content. You can also follow us on social media on Instagram at PCC Wired and Facebook at Passion Community Church. For additional resources and links, check out the description. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on The After Chat.